0: This is Shannon. Welcome to the Untold Story podcast, the space where we capture the journeys of everyday people. Each story is unique, and I can't imagine not hearing them. Without telling us about yourself, your life, it will be lost forever. We want to hold on to those for you, your family, and future generations.
1: A pair of jeans and a dusty shirt. We didn't have a die. No, you and me were poor as dirt. All we had was time.
0: So, Graham, thank you for being part of the Untold Story podcast today. I would like to go through your life story. So, can you tell me a little bit about where you were born? and a little bit of insight into living in Coldale for 77 years.
2: Born in Coldale Hospital, 1944. Um, Grew up in Coldale, went to Coldale Public School. Um, Coldale soccer from 1953 till 1969. And surf club from um, 1959... Until 1966. Wonderful.
0: So you've said the meaning of your name is a town in the UK. Is that the Bruton part?
2: Yes, that's Bruton in England.
0: Yeah, so what do you know about that?
2: I know nothing.
0: You know nothing about Bruton, so that might be something we need to look at. (laughs) So you like to be called Yogi.
2: That's been my surfing nickname since 1960.
0: Okay, and tell me about your surfing. Tell me about surfing. What's that been for you?
2: Oh, that was my whole life, surfing.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely loved it.
0: And which beach did you surf
2: at? Sharky Beach.
0: Sharky Beach. And that's where you live today opposite Sharky That's Yep. yeah. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> so, family. Children, wife,
2: me parents, or my family.
0: Your family, tell me about it. So we've you've your, your mother and your father, what did they do?
2: Um, my father m- my father was a town painter. He was first man to paint the RSL Club here. I remember it in 1948 when my mother walked me up with the other kids to school and there was my father up in the scaffold painting.
0: Yeah, so the Coldell RSL Club? Yeah. Yep. he painted that.
2: He did, yeah. Wow. And do yeah. you still
0: go down to the Coldell RSL Club?
2: Not very often, no. Not very often, yeah. but I used to but not much now.
0: Yeah. So your father was George and your mum was Jessie? And you were the middle of seven
2: children? Yes. So,
0: brothers, sisters, how Three many? Three older
2: brothers, younger brother, and two younger sisters.
0: And are they, have they grown up in the local area?
2: Oh, no, they've all moved to different places.
0: Yeah, and where have they moved to? My
2: eldest brother's Fairy Meadow. My second oldest brother died of a heart attack. My next brother, I share the house with at Sharky Beach.
0: Yeah, and how old's he?
2: He's 78.
0: 78, yeah. So you're the Bruton brothers of Coldow. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And the next brother down, he died of a heart attack. My both two sisters are fiddles of a fiddle and going well.
0: That's great. And where are they? Where do they live?
2: Uh, Mabin's in Thoreau and Barbara's in um, Tweed Heads.
0: So the Cold Coast has really been part of your <laughs> life being down here. Oh, you're definitely, Back yeah. in the same house that you were born in. Yes. Yep. So tell me about your childhood, growing up at Sharkies. Um, it's obviously changed a lot in the years that you've been here. Oh, yes, here. it
2: has. Our father taught us, took us down there as I did with my kids and he taught us to swim and be surf aware of dangerous rips and currents. Yep. Oh, he was a champion surfer himself. Okay, wonderful.
0: Well, that's great. And what? how did he teach you to surf? What do you remember? What was your first time like going out into the ocean oh, to no, learn surf to surf? Oh, Surfboards.
2: No, we learned ourselves on surfboards. Uh, My father was a body surfer.
0: Yeah. And was it patrolled back then? No. No. So you've seen it in the wild of not being patrolled?
2: Yeah, that's where you learn to swim and look after yourself.
0: Yeah. And you've obviously seen the population down here grow? The what? The population down here?
2: Oh, yeah, I've seen it grow. Yeah. And what's
0: what's that been like for you?
2: Well, I was a town paper boy. I knew everybody in every street. Now I wouldn't know people in most streets.
0: So you said that you did your first rescue in 1958 with Jim Spicer. Yeah. Tell me about that.
2: Um, The fellas, they they were at the club up here and they came down onto the reef at Sharky and they went out and got into trouble. Jim was a tall six-footer two years older than me, and we swam out and brought them back onto the reef. Yeah, that was 1958. I was only 14.
0: And have you done any other rescues since I've then? I've done
2: a heap of rescues.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully they all turned out all right. Yeah. So tell me, that was about your childhood, but tell me about your working life. What was your career?
2: Well, I started working in 1959 in a motor spare parts shop in Wollongong. I did that till 64 Then I travelled to North Queensland, which I did every year until 1970.
0: And what led you to travel up to North Queensland?
2: I just used to love it up there. I was working as a deckhand and also painting. My father had me painting when I was six years of age.
0: And it says in your book here, by the time that you were 10, the school had you painting at the local blackboards.
2: The school said I asked my father would he come in and paint all the blackboards and he said, no, young Graham will paint them. you sure? And he said said, he's a seasoned painter now at 10 years of age.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And do you still do any painting today?
2: Well, I can't anymore because of my disability. Yep. But when I finished up from work, I finished up as a painter
0: so in 1976 you said that you were building a new home. Yes. Tell me about that.
2: That was at Sharky Beach on the Battleaxe block behind the house. Yeah. We're in now.
0: And who was that home that you were building it for? Was that for you to live in?
2: My wife and three kids.
0: Yeah. Okay. So tell me, are you with your wife still? No. No? Tell me about that. She
2: left me 33 years ago and how or it? 30, oh, 1988.
0: And how does that? How did what happened? And how does it make you feel today?
2: <laughs> well, I just split up, um, and she decided to sell the house in '94. But um, oh, the three kids and I still get on famously together, but. I don't bother with her anymore. She wanted me out of her life, so that was it.
0: And you're now still living on the same property though. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. So tell me about your three kids. About? Your three children.
2: Well, Shinoah's the eldest. She's um, uh, 1972.
0: Where does Shinoah live?
2: She lives in Winoona. Yeah. And she still takes me to doctors. Um, consultations and the next daughter down lives in Warilla. She's split up from her husband and my son, he lives at Albion Park, but he's just bought a farm 25 kilometres southwest of Grafton and he's building a new home there the end of this year.
0: Lovely. He's and we,
2: done really well.
0: And do you have plans to go out and see his farm when it's built?
2: No, he um, he works for the um, the companies that have uh, freight on the railways and he operates from Moorbank in Sydney, but they want to start up a place in um, South Grafton Because they're going to have a lot more rail freight between Brisbane and Sydney. So he's gone up there as the manager.
0: Wow. So, something in your book, Graham, it says that you saw parts of Australia that 99% of Australians will never see.
2: Exactly right. Tell me that. With the geology company. Yep. um, We used to do um, two and a half thousand square miles uh, A to P authority to prospect. And. I was with the chief geologist and was collecting samples and bringing them back into cans to the um, airport to go down to the laboratories in Brisbane to be tested. And there was parts there below the Gulf Country that um, are absolutely beautiful. Sitting up on top of mountains and watching eagles soar below you.
0: Incredible.
2: Unbelievable.
0: And what's your favorite place in Australia? If you could go anywhere in Australia, where would you go? Where would you go back to?
2: <laughs> Sharky Beach. <laughs> Sharky's Beach, where you
0: are now. Yeah. The best place in Australia.
2: Oh, and I like Kira. Yep. I've got a lady friend up in Kira and I like going up there in winter. Beautiful. Lovely.
0: And do you get out do you get out much, Graham? Are you are active and out and about or are you just watching the surf from Sharky's? No,
2: I don't do much anymore at all.
0: And how does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? No good. No good? You'd like to be doing more?
2: Yeah. If they could find out what was wrong with me, yeah.
0: Yeah, so you were saying you've had some sort of stomach pains. Yeah,
2: this, it's all tight here around my stomach.
0: Yeah, and they don't know what it is.
2: I miss not being on the surfboard. Yeah. But. That's life.
0: Yeah. Oh, it must be quite hard to see that is. what you used to be able to do to now not being able to do it, Graham. That's
2: exactly right. That's yeah. how it is. Yeah. You know you used to be able to surf and um, I miss not being able to dance as well.
0: So tell uh, me about your dancing. Tell me about your dancing.
2: Oh, I used to be a TV dancer. Oh, tell me more. <laughs> yeah. Bandstand and Six O'Clock Rock. Yeah. With Johnny O'Keefe.
0: And you used to do that, be on that yeah, show? Yeah, I did, yeah. Wow.
2: Every Saturday afternoon. the fellow we used to go with was um, where the Earthworks is now. That was the uh, Winoona we Cooperative Store. And Colin Brown was the um, roustabout bloke there. He was 19. I was only 16. And we used to go up and do the dancing on bandstand and Oh, it was a six o'clock right?
0: And that's something that you didn't put in your book, but I'm so glad we uh, managed to pull that out to find out more about you there. There's something in your book that you haven't mentioned that you enjoy leather work.
2: Yeah, I've been doing leather work for 50 years.
0: So what's that involved?
2: Oh, I mainly make leather belts. That's one of mine there, leather belts. Wonderful. I used to make sandals and bags, but I just make leather belts now.
0: Love. Well done. So that keeps you a little bit busy? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's something you can do at home?
2: I do it at home, yeah.
0: And does everyone ask you for a leather belt? Yes. Yeah, are they your Christmas presents that you give to everyone?
2: Well, the last um, hide I got from the tannery, I virtually got it for nothing. So anyone that wants a belt, I make them for uh, a couple of beers.
0: Very good. (laughs) So tell me. You worked at SeaWorld in 1973. Tell me about that.
2: Uh, Well, I went up there and started as a painter and um, the uh, owner of the painting company, he was the captain coach of the Service Paradise Pirates football team and The halfback for the team, he's originally from Clifton. And he said, um, we've got work out at SeaWorld if you ever want to come out. So I went out there and mainly worked at the ski school. Okay. Yeah, it was And how long
0: did you do that for? A year. And did you enjoy it? Loved it. Have you been back since?
2: Yes, I went back with the kids and um, they remembered me up there and come in and... Just go wherever you want for nothing for the day. A couple of times it's been beautiful.
0: That's really good to hear and nice to know that you can still, or well, that you had been back to yeah. see it and I bet it had changed a lot.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. And the um, the main man, with the dolphin trainers, trainer, um, him and um, his wife took me into their unit and I stayed with them, and that was interesting.
0: And why was that interesting?
2: Oh, well, he was the head dolphin trainer, and he was quite a man.
0: I bet. Big job.
2: <laughs> and um, his wife and I used to work on one of the boats, the Gold Coaster, to take all the tourists out.
0: To go dolphin watching? To go dolphin watching?
2: No, 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 no.
0: Just no. out on the boat.
2: But Jan, she had a, a size forty two <laughs> and the skipper <laughs> of the boat said you'd be able to tell the difference between Jan and Graham. Jan's got longer hair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you've spoken about how life has changed for you, I guess, starting, you know, out as a you know, a painter and then into earthworks and then some stints at SeaWorld. But then also, I guess, as aging, not being able to be as active and do what you've wanted. So tell me about your life now. So, some things that you really love. Um, I think you've mentioned, you know, that you love a good t- glass of two is new. But what are the things that keep you going?
2: Well, I've got a lady friend, Mary from Ostermere. And her and I go up the headlands for coffee and cake or breakfast at least twice a week. And uh, she's a wonderful lady.
0: Yeah, so tell me a little bit about Mary. How did you meet Mary?
2: Oh, I've known her for more than 30 years. Yeah. She used to come up to headlands with her girlfriends from school. Well, her birthday's on the 14th of March. So her last year in high school, she was 18 on the 14th of March and they used to come up in their school uniforms and wave to all the boys that uh, the public can check there, and she um, has a very famous father. He's the um, the movie man, David Stratton. Yep. On uh, With Margaret Pomeroy, or whatever her name is. Yep. Yeah. Well, David is her father. Right. So, you know, we talk a lot about different things and places.
0: And that keeps you happy yeah. and smiling, and um, yeah, a good it relationship. Does, yeah.
2: That's great. Otherwise, I sit at Sharky on the chairs and watch the surfing all day.
0: When's the best time to go for a surf these days? Do you think?
2: Any time of day, but you've got to make sure the waves are right.
0: And has Sharky's always been a dog beach? No. No. Okay, because I always, There's. It's obviously is a dog yeah, beach. Yeah, they
2: um it. they bugger that up with um not having the dogs on leash my sister was bowled over one day and with her dog there and she couldn't work for two weeks no compensation and eric my other brother he's been bowled over on the beach by out of control dogs and um a friend of mine down the road fishing on the beach and a woman came up and said can you get off the beach, I don't want my dog going near your tackle. He said, you bloody idiot, if you had it on leash, it wouldn't be near my tackle.
0: So you've seen many different changes happening over the years at the beach.
2: And um, a friend up the road too, he was told to get off the beach with his daughter because it's a dog beach. Oh, no. Which is disgusting.
0: So... Tell me, you've said around your appearance that being older appearance is not so important, but you said that your son is a chip off the old block. What do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> For him listening.
2: Well, if you're sitting there now, you'd say, good grief, he is your son.
0: Okay, looks just like you?
2: Yeah. He's taller and better looking, though. He's tall.
0: <laughs> so we would... One of the questions that I like to ask are around the five senses. So when you think of things, what, what does it link you to? And you said that your sight, you feel very lucky to still have really great eyesight. Yes,
2: yeah. I am. Yeah, I, I read things and people say, how do you do that? And just got good eyes, luckily. Yeah.
0: And your hearing is not so great. So that
2: ear there, that's, I've had an operation right on that ear. It's not done any good.
0: So tell me, um, wishes for future generations. You've written something here that I think is quite powerful. So tell me about your wishes for the future generations.
2: Oh, so- I just keep going. as the way you are. That's all you can do. Yeah. I, it enlightened me when I worked with a geology company. Um, the chief geologist used to say to me, sit in on the meetings. They don't know you're not a geologist and you might learn things and I did over the years, especially there with. Um, I remember the islands off Bougainville in northern New Zealand out to Fiji. They say the water is rising. Well, the water is not rising, their land is sinking. Because one geologist was there one day and he said, at, This is at a big meeting. Geologically, we could wake up one day and New Zealand doesn't exist, it will sink. And I've seen photographs of volcanoes or a thousand kilometers east of South Island falling into a moving along the bottom of the ocean and falling into a dark hole. So, this geologist said, geologically, not hypothetically geologically we could wake up one day and New Zealand doesn't exist. He said it might be a 100 years from now, it might be a 1,000, but it will happen.
0: Yeah. And you said it in the meeting where that was all shared. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, I think when people say oh, we've got to change the world, we've got to do this and do that, you won't change it. People won't change
0: so you tell me if you could ch- if you could change one thing about your life over the seventy seven years, what would that be?
2: Go back to twenty one.
0: Yeah, and why would that be? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I could be back surfing for a start.
0: Yep, yeah. so you're really missing that. Not not being out to the ability. Well, to keep being surfing.
2: disabled now, yeah, it's not a very good yeah. situation to be in.
0: And if I asked you three things that you would like to achieve from now to when life says. It's coming to an end for you. What would those three other things on your bucket list be?
2: Oh no, I wouldn't. The only thing I'd like to change is my disability. That's about all.
0: Yeah, nothing else. Do you do any ocean swimming?
2: I can't do any.
0: Nothing. Yeah. So you just you watch the ocean.
2: I used to be a good swimmer, but I haven't been in the swimming pool now for four years.
0: But I'm sorry to hear. Or the ocean sounds kind of hard. Because it's something that you've really loved over the Especially years. Especially
2: when you sit there and you watch the, uh, the the Scarborough board riders have their event out there and you see some of the riders. They're good. The kids are good. And the girls are starting to surf really well too. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: And that probably wasn't happening back when you started surfing. It was more the men surfing.
2: Well, I remember them saying girls can't surf. And then I, I read about this Lane Beachley. I thought, what? I couldn't believe it. <laughs> she's absolutely brilliant. She's
0: amazing, isn't she? Yeah. Yep. She's come a long way in her surfing career. So, my last question to you today is: if you could describe yourself in a sentence, how would you describe yourself? So, how how can we remember Graham?
2: Ah, uh, from being happy and. Having a good life earlier on in life, exactly, up until probably I was about mid sixties. Well, a good life.
0: I'm going to remember you, Graham, as the Graham who is <laughs> been overseeing Sharky's Beach. <laughs> he can't surf at the moment, but he has been able to watch the surf and knows a lot about the local community. So I'm really thankful for you talking to me today, and oh, hoping that we've too. been able to capture your story for your future generations and others to hear about Graham who knows Sharkies. (laughs) (laughs)
2: So
0: thank you very much. Thank you. So that was another interesting story. Has that made you think about capturing yours or a loved one's? If it has, head over to our website, theuntoldstory.com.au. I'm Shannon, the founder of The Untold Story, this podcast is driven from working with young people in foster care who didn't know their own. If you'd like to hear more, jump over to our socials at The Untold Story.
1: If I could go back in time, I'd pack my bags right now. If I could play back rewind, I wouldn't think twice. A pair of jeans and a dusty shirt, we didn't. chorus